0: This episode of Geeks Crossing is brought to you by today's sponsor, Anchor. Ever wanted to start a podcast but can't find the right platform to work with? Don't worry, Anchor has you covered. Anchor is a free audio app that allows you to record a podcast on any device no matter where you are. Anchor includes an editing feature that allows you to customize your podcast, whether it be on your computer or mobile device, so you can easily omit any errors or unnecessary parts. Anchor also allows you to distribute your podcast to other platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or even Google Podcasts, which is amazing. Did I mention the part about making money? No? Well, you could be earning money every time someone listens to your podcast with no minimum listenership. If that's not the easiest way to make a podcast, I don't know what is. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. I honestly don't know where to begin. If you're a fan of anime, then chances are you've heard of the Dragon Ball series. And how can anybody not be familiar with Dragon Ball? It's one of the most iconic and influential anime out there. It's become a role model for most current anime shows today, has a huge collection of video games, and it's even referenced in real-life shows and movies. My Dragon Ball fixation began around my late elementary school early middle school days. Part of that was due to rekindling my love for the original source material after watching that shitty Dragon Ball Evolution movie. Since then, I've grown to appreciate the Dragon Ball series more than ever. There are so many beloved characters that appear throughout Dragon Ball slash Dragon Ball C and even Super. Oh yeah, can't forget to talk about GT even though people love to shit on it. I'll be judging these characters based on their personality, story arcs, and what kind of powers and abilities they possess. Remember that this is based off my opinion, so if you don't agree with me, that's fine. But there will be spoilers for those who aren't up to date with Dragon Ball, just giving a fair warning. Also, since GT is considered non-canon among the Dragon Ball fandom, I won't be discussing any arcs or story elements from that set series. I always hated GT anyway. I'm Eric from Geeks Crossing, and this is the Top 10 Dragon Ball Characters. Before that, I want to give honorable mentions to characters that fall short off the top 10 list, starting with androids 17 and 18, humanoid machines that were built by Dr. Jiro to kill Goku. But after the Cell Saga, the two of them turn over a new leaf and became allies, especially 18 who married Krillin and had a daughter together, while 17 becomes an animal rights advocate and lives on a private island with a family of his own. Androids can supply endless amount of energy and those who take advantage of that fully, with 17 being able to summon endless barriers, or 18 displaying superhuman strength. The Tournament of Power definitely made me appreciate these two more, especially 17 who managed to win the whole tournament for Universe 7. However, because it took me a while to like these two, they fall a little bit short off the list. Next up is Cell, Dr. Jirou's ultimate android. Cell was an interesting antagonist to say the least, an android composed of genes from Goku, Piccolo, or even Frieza to cause all sorts of mayhem, using moves like the Kamehameha Wave, Piccolo's regeneration, or death beam sometimes. Cell also has a perfect form, which he can achieve by absorbing 17 and 18, and was definitely a force to be reckoned with. He was also one of the first real antagonists to kill Goku, which makes him more credible. But the reason he's not on the list is because of that whole time travel bullshit. No matter how many times I watched the Cell saga or played through that said saga in the games, it still perplexes me. Sorry Cell, you managed to kill the main character, but did you have to have a confusing story arc? Majin Boo is another honorable mention, and funny enough, I used to hate Boo because of how immature he acted, but that was the joke. But Boo can be extremely dangerous at times, especially when he turns people into chocolate or other sugary treats. He did, however, redeem himself after befriending Hercule and helped out during the battle against Kid Boo. Though, I wish he did more in Super besides provoking Beerus and that one match he had during the Zeno Expos. Lastly, we have Zeno, the king of everything. Despite being a childlike being, Zeno can erase people or even universes at will, because, well, he's the king of everything, he can do what the fuck he wants. Normally, he could be considered an antagonist, but his friendship with Goku is what puts him on the good side. Now that we have the honorable mentions out of the way, let's begin. Number 10, Brawly. Beginning our list is the legendary Super Saiyan himself, Brawly. For those who don't know... Brawley was originally one of those characters that was exclusive to the movies, which are considered non-canon. Brawley eventually became canon in his title Dragon Ball Super movie, which was a much better way to utilize Brawley, and I'm sure we can all agree. Brawley was one of the few Saiyans that survived Planet Vegeta's destruction. Before that, King Vegeta wanted to kill him because the amount of power he possessed could surpass his son. I don't need to explain who his son is. Brawley and his father Paragus hid themselves on a faraway planet where Paragus trains his son to become the ultimate fighter for revenge. For years, Brawly has taken nothing but abuse from his father and was forcibly restrained from using his powers, but during the battle against Goku and Vegeta, Brawly broke free from his father's control and unleashed his endless amount of power. It turns out, Brawly has the ability to gradually increase his power while fighting which makes his attacks like Eraser Blow or Saiyan Blaster more deadly. Brawly didn't have to use his full power, but all that was triggered from the rage he bottled up for years. Brawly's power was so dangerous that Goku and Vegeta had to fuse to Gogeta, just to stand even a small chance against him. Thankfully, he was stopped before the Earth was destroyed, and makes amends with Goku. Brawly's past in character development is what puts him on the list for me. Hopefully one day if Super decides to make a comeback, Brawly will return as an ally this time. Number 9, Frieza. It's no surprise that Frieza is often regarded as one of the best villains in Dragon Ball. This galactic tyrant travels to other planets to either take over them, or enslave innocent civilians to have him join his army. Frieza has a strong hatred towards the same race and single-handedly destroyed Planet Vegeta, eradicating majority of the same race, including King Vegeta and Bardock, Goku's father. One of Frieza's most prominent roles was when he took over Planet Namek and tried to use the Namekian Dragon Balls to wish for immortality but the Z fighters, including Vegeta, stood in his way. Frieza has a lot of deadly techniques in his arsenal, like the death beam, death ball, death saucer. Wow, I didn't realize most of his attacks had the word death in it, but that only solidifies his cruel nature. And I can't forget about all those forms Frieza can go through, with the fourth one being his most iconic. Frieza was eventually stopped by Goku, but he managed to find his way down to Earth and restore his body with mechanical parts. Though this form didn't last long, In Super, Frieza was revived once again and gained a new form called Golden Frieza. Despite that, he still found himself losing to Goku and Vegeta, and even tried destroying Earth as a last resort. Thankfully, Whis' time manipulation stopped him from suffering that fate. Frieza was briefly brought back to life once again, this time to help Universe 7 in the Tournament of Power, but obviously no one trusted him. Despite all the tricks and evil fakeouts, Frieza reluctantly did what he could to help out, and Whis even revived him completely as a reward. Now, Frieza still stands as a recurring threat for Goku and the Z Fighters. No doubt, Frieza deserves a spot on this list for how fucking devious and powerful he is. For number eight, we have a tie between two characters that are often seen together: Beerus and Whis. Let's start with Beerus. He was the first antagonist Goku and his friends face off in Super. Being a god of destruction, Beerus has an insane amount of power and can destroy planets at leisure. Beerus takes great pride in his role and uses it to his advantage by having others serve him. After hearing rumors about a Super Saiyan God that can surpass him, Beerus and Whis arrive on Earth and cause more than enough trouble at Bulma's birthday party. Eventually, Goku achieves his Super Saiyan God form and fights off with Beerus, but admits defeat. Like most villains in Dragon Ball, Beerus makes amends with Goku. Admittedly though, he only spared Earth because of its delicacies. Now Beerus just casually hangs out on Earth waiting for Bulma to give him food from time to time, and often scolds Goku for his idiocy. I can't help but laugh my ass off every time Beerus gets irritated and keeps threatening to destroy Earth. Although, it doesn't always work in his favor. His character became more interesting when we got introduced to Champa, Beerus' twin brother from Universe 6. It's ironic how Beerus acts all high and mighty by himself, but when he's with his brother, they act like bickering siblings, which is hilarious. And who doesn't love that scene from the brawling movie where he was forced to babysit Bola, aka Bulma and Vegeta's daughter, for the entirety of the movie, Needless to say, Bolo was in the safest hands possible when you really think about it. Beerus is that one character you can't help but learn to love over time. As for Whis, what's not to love about this guy? Being an angel, Whis is extremely wise and powerful and can do almost anything. He's usually seen making sure Beerus remains calm or training Goku and Vegeta, and I do mean what I said about Whis being able to do almost anything. He can reverse time, albeit only three minutes warp babies out of their mother's wombs, and revive people completely as I mentioned. I also love how Whis always maintains a calm demeanor no matter what dilemma occurs. We seriously need people like Whis in this world. Number 7, Master Roshi. Next up we have the leader of the Turtle School of Martial Arts, as well as the mentor to Goku, Kroon, and even Grandpa Gohan. Being a skilled martial artist, Roshi definitely knows the ins and outs of what it means to be a great fighter. However, the one thing that turns people away from Roshi is his perverted nature. Seriously, this guy takes great pride in his sexual desires and openly embraces it like it's no big deal. Despite that, Roshi knows how to act serious when he has to be, especially during the time he trained Goku and Krillin when they were kids. Roshi even competed in the World Martial Arts Tournament twice under the alias Jackie Chun. The reference speaks for itself. The first time he won after being Goku in the finals, but the second time he lost to Tien in the semifinals. The reason why Roshi was in disguise because he felt his students still had a lot to learn and was worried they might get overconfident. Roshi was the one to teach Goku his iconic Kameo wave, but he also has a few techniques of his own, like the max power, aka his muscular form, and the Mafuba, also known as the evil containment wave. Though Roshi didn't do much in DBC aside from acting as moral support, Super made up for it by having him help the Z fighters take on Frieza's army, proving he still got it. But if that wasn't enough, Roshi was part of Universe 7's team in the Tournament of Power. There, he single-handedly defeated three of the strongest warriors from Universe 4, almost killing himself in the process. Also you gotta love how he saved Vegeta from being eliminated by Frost who used Roshi's Mafuba against him. Overall, Master Roshi is not only a great mentor for Goku and Krillin, but he's an inspiration to us all. Number 6, Krillin. Wrapping up the first half of the list is Goku's original rival, then later best friend. As a kid, Krillin was born from a temple full of monks who constantly bullied the shit out of him for his height and skills. He seeked martial arts training for Master Roshi and saw Goku as a rival since he started his training around the same time he did. But in time, Krillin learned to respect Goku and the two became best friends. My favorite Krillin moments throughout the original Dragon Ball was when he fought Chaozu and Goku during the 22nd World Martial Arts Tournament. And of course, the tragic death by Tambourine afterwards, but thankfully he got revived for the time being. You know where I'm going with this. Krillin continues to fight by Goku's side in DBZ, where he survived the Saiyan invasion, but gets killed by Frieza on planet Namek. This death is what triggered Goku to activate his Super Saiyan form for the first time, which was one of the most revolutionary moments in the series. Of course he gets revived again, but as I mentioned, him and 18 get married and have a daughter together sometime after the Cell Saga. The rest of DBZ didn't really do Krillin any justice, but like Roshi, Super gave him some much needed development where he decided to take a break from martial arts and become a cop, but he's more than willing to help out when necessary. Since he was one of Roshi's pupils, Krillin of course can use the Kamea Wave, but his iconic move is the Destructo dicks. Getting hit by a razor-sharp energy dicks is something I'm sure nobody wants to experience. I mean, look what happened to Freeze's tail. I was surprised that Krillin was able to hold his own against Goku in his Super Saiyan Blue form. bad he didn't display any of that versatility in the Tournament of Power because he got overconfident as usual. You know, most people like to shit on Krillin and consider him to be the weakest of the Z-Fighters. I mean, they're not wrong, but still. Krillin has always been a reliable ally and continues to help in any way he can. Number 5, Trunks, or future Trunks to be more precise, not that whiny-ass Kid Trunks. Starting off the top 5 is Vegeta and Bulma's son from the future. Trunks originated from a terrible future where society has been extinguished by the androids. To solve this... Trunks decides to travel back in time to help his dad and the rest of the Seafires defeat the androids. Future Trunks is clearly more compassionate and understanding compared to his father, which made me respect him a lot. Although, he does demonstrate Vegeta's reckless behavior from time to time. Trunks managed to save the future by killing the androids, including Cell, restoring peace around him. Being half sane, Trunks has the ability to turn Super Saiyan, and eventually Super Saiyan 2. Along with using powerful moves like the burning attack, shining sword attack, and I even loved how he's able to use Vegeta's Big Bang attack in Final Flash and Super. Speaking of which, we were blessed to see Trunks return once again, but this time the future was suffering from the hands of Goku Black. Originally, the Supreme Kai from Universe 10, Zamasu, who switched bodies with the deceased Goku. I know, it's confusing as fuck, but bear with me. Trunks definitely became a more capable fighter since the Android Saga, especially now he and Mai became a couple. I still can't believe those words are coming out of my mouth. I loved the final battle against Fiusamasu where Trunks thrust his sword right through his body and utterly eviscerated him. Future Trunks has a very complex story and great development, which is why he deserves a spot this high. Too bad Trunks' complex arc was heavily mocked when Sega decided to create Silver the Hedgehog, but that's a different story. Number 4, Piccolo. For all you Dragon Ball nerds out there that want clarity, I mean Piccolo Jr. Being the son of the Demon King himself. Piccolo was born to avenge his father after dying from the hands of Goku, quite literally in this case. Piccolo almost accomplished this goal when he and Goku fought in the 23rd World Martial Arts Tournament, and what an epic fight that was. I'll never forget seeing Goku and Piccolo team up for the first time. Where they fought Radis, aka Goku's brother, in the beginning of DBZ, which kickstarted the Saiyan Saga, Piccolo clearly went through some character development, starting off as a cold-hearted being that was only seeking revenge to a wise and reliable ally, the relationship he had with Gohan was one of the most emotionally driven moments in DBZ history. Even though Piccolo was extremely tough on Gohan during their training, he knew it would help Gohan reach its full potential. Seeing Piccolo die in an act to save Gohan from Nappa was heartbreaking, as it shows that Piccolo genuinely cares about Gohan and treats him like he was his own son. Even when Piccolo got revived, he never stopped being tough on Gohan, as any father figure would. Piccolo can use a variety of energy attacks like the Demon Energy Wave or the Hell Zone grenade. But his most famous move is without a doubt the Special Beam Cannon, where he concentrates all his energy into one beam and shoots it from his fingers. Piccolo also has the ability to regenerate himself, as I mentioned before, and can even fuse with other Namekians to make himself stronger, as shown with Nail and Kami. Piccolo continued to show his mentor skills towards Goten and Kid Trunks during the Buu Saga, and was more than willing to train Gohan again during Super. His fight against Universe 6's Namekians was one of my favorite moments during the Tournament of Power, Until that moment was ruined by that little green fucker from Universe 4, but the less said about that the better. Piccolo will always be a fan favorite of most people, and he's worthy of being in the top 5. Number 3, Gohan. Starting off the top 3 is the first son of Goku and Chi-Chi, and the quote-unquote, main character, of DBZ. Gohan was the first half-human, half-Saiyan hybrid to be born, so he already has something special going on. Out of all the characters on this list, I feel like Gohan went through the most development. He started off as a crybaby who didn't want to be involved with any fighting whatsoever, but Piccolo's brutal training helped him become a more capable fighter. Granted, he still had his timid personality, but Piccolo's depth helped motivate him to get stronger. Gohan had a limited selection of techniques at first, with his only known one being the Masenko. He eventually adapted his father's skills by using the Kameo Wave or transforming into a Super Saiyan during his early teen years. Speaking of which, the Cell Saga was undoubtedly Gohan's moment of glory, where he was able to stop Cell from destroying Earth. Gohan was the first character to achieve Super Saiyan 2, and it definitely made the difference in defeating Cell. All of this was built enough for Gohan to become the next hero of Earth after Goku sacrificed himself, but then they decided to drop that responsibility by making Gohan go to school and act as a part-time superhero under the name The Great Saiyaman. Yeah, most people hated Gohan during this time, especially since his power got nerfed during the Buu saga. Even though Gohan managed to become the ultimate warrior, he still lost to Super Buu, much to everyone's dismay. Thank god things got better for Gohan and Super. Being a husband to Videl and father to their daughter Pan, Gohan knew he had to get stronger to protect his family from any serious threats. Hence why he and Piccolo went back to training like the good old days. Gohan's maturity and wise behavior is what made Goku mark him as the captain for Universe 7 in the Tournament of Power. Throughout the tournament, Gohan displayed a lot of clever tactics that helped give his team a winning edge. My favorite one being the way he eliminated Botamu, aka that Winnie the Pooh looking motherfucker. But Gohan's bravest action was when he helped Frieza eliminate Dispo from Universe 11. Unfortunately, he had to get himself eliminated for his plan to work, showing he was a true leader. Gohan may have his ups and downs, but he's a great character through and through. Number 2, Vegeta. For the runner-up we have the Prince of All Saiyans, and if I can describe Vegeta in one word, it would be pride. Being a pure-blood Saiyan, Vegeta takes great pride in his heritage and will go above and beyond to prove how powerful the Saiyan race is. He does so by attempting to invade Earth during the beginning of DBZ. There, he met his arch-rival slash closest friend, even though he doesn't like to omit it. Goku. The rivalry between these two is legendary and it's one of the most defined relationships in anime history. Vegeta has made his lifelong goal to surpass Goku, but he's always, and I repeat, always one step behind him. Much to everyone's surprise, that includes both the characters and the audience, Vegeta married Bulma and they had Trunks showing that Vegeta does have value towards love. But he does let his pride get the better of him every now and then, especially during the Buu saga where Vegeta willingly let Babidi control him so he can gain extra power to beat Goku. Talk about being petty, man. Thankfully, Vegeta saw the error in his ways and makes amends with his family, friends, and finally Goku. Vegeta's techniques are all based on power, with those being the Galick Gun, and as I mentioned before, the Big Bang attack in Final Flash, where he releases a huge energy blast from the palm of his hand, or hands depending on which move he uses. Of course, we have his Super Saiyan 1 and 2 forms, along with Super Saiyan Blue, which he actually managed to perfect before Goku, surprisingly, during Super. Speaking of which, Vegeta had a hard time balancing between his training and family life which did cause friction from time to time. Despite that, Vegeta is a family man first as he didn't hesitate to attack Beerus after he bitch slapped Bulma on her birthday. Or when he refused to compete in the tournament of power out of fear that he'll miss Bulma giving birth to Bola. But luckily, Whis made the birth a lot easier than you could possibly imagine. He even developed a friendship slash mentorship with Cabba, a Saiyan from Universe 6. Since he still carries his Saiyan pride. Vegeta wants every Saiyan to reach their full potential, regardless if they're from the same universe or not. He does so by helping Cabo reach his Super Saiyan form for the first time, albeit in a very sadistic way, but it's not that surprising. The Tournament of Powers where Vegeta broke through his limits where his most oppressive win was against Top from Universe 11. Mind you that this guy had the power to become a god of destruction and Vegeta still came out on top. No pun intended. Without Vegeta, the Dragon Ball series won't be nearly as popular as it is now and I can always count on Vegeta for epic fights and epic laughs. 1. Goku Honestly people, how can I not put the one and only Goku at number one? It should have been obvious right from the start. Goku spent most of his childhood looking for the seven Dragon Balls which led him to make a lot of friends and enemies as well. Goku fought a lot of strange and powerful villains during his youth like Emperor Pilaf, the Red Ribbon Army, and of course, King Piccolo and his son. Despite getting involved in many dilemmas, Goku has always had that innocence where he just wants to appreciate life for what it is, and that charm is what caused him to marry Chi-Chi. Although, their marriage clearly has domesticated issues as Chi-Chi constantly bitches to Goku about him fighting all the time, but Goku still loves his wife regardless. In DBZ, Goku learns that he's actually a Saiyan and was meant to cause mayhem when he grew up. Instead, Goku becomes a defender of Earth and is willing to protect the planet he loves from anybody who tries to invade it, Goku's moveset is iconic beyond belief, with moves like the Kameo Wave, Kaioken, Super Saiyan Forms 1-3, through 3, and the Spirit Bomb, which requires collecting energy from those around him. In Super, Goku tries hard adapting to normal living, but doesn't hesitate to train during his spare time. I know it's annoying to see Goku train all the time, but what did you expect? Goku always wants to go above his limits and fight any strong opponent that comes his way. It's in his same blood, after all. Thanks to his encounter with Lord Beerus, Goku was able to achieve new forms like Super Saiyan God or the Super Saiyan form of a Super Saiyan God. You see why it's easier just to call it Super Saiyan Blue? Goku is also capable of fusing with Vegeta to form one powerful warrior, either Vegeta with the Batara earrings or Gogeta with the Fusion Dance. But Goku's most impressive tactic so far was mastering Ultra Instinct, a technique that only angels like Whis was able to master, let alone utilize. This definitely gave Goku a winning edge in the tournament of powers such as his fight against Kale and Khalifa, aka the female Saiyans from Universe 6. And of course, the dangerously overpowered Jiren from Universe 11. Their fight was the perfect way to not only end the tournament, but Super as a whole. Whether you love Dragon Ball, you can't deny how universally iconic Goku is. He is the face of Dragon Ball and a true inspiration to many anime heroes out there. Even so, when I think of anime, I can't help but imagine Goku in my mind. I can go forever about what makes Goku such an icon, but I think I made my point. No matter what happens, Goku will always remain as not only the best character in Dragon Ball, but one of the best anime characters, period. This has been an episode of Geeks Crossing. What are your favorite characters from Dragon Ball? Subscribe for more content and join our Discord community for updates. Thank you for listening and have a great day.